Drive with Julian Clover. Getting you home. Cambridge 105 Radio. The Gadget Guy on Cambridge 105 Radio. And Lawrence Mickliffe is here with me. Hello, Lawrence. Hello, Julian. And today it's Doors. It is, yes. I, I think you probably have a clue as to what musical interlude you might slip in uh, halfway through. But uh, Gadget Guide number 127, our 18th one for the year. And, um, yeah, we're going to look at things around your front door. So we'll look a little bit about door security. We'll look a little bit about locks and keys. We'll talk about possibly a little bit about CCTV, although CCTV is so broad we could probably have several shows just looking at CCTV systems. And we'll look at uh, specifically smart doorbell solutions. Ooh, interesting. Um, but first, the usual tech news. So a couple of stories uh, first of all. Uh, Apple has been awarded some damages uh, against Samsung uh, because of uh, uh, reported claims that they uh, nicked uh, Samsung nicked some of the iPhone's technology. Um, so, yeah, well guess uh, Samsung might not be doing that again so quickly, um, but uh, I think they might still be appealing that one. And in other news, which uh, has been, it's been in the mainstream news, this is uh, Amazon's favourite device, the Echo devices, uh, doing strange things. And this was a, a family in uh, Seattle who were having a discussion about hardwood flooring and their uh, Echo device recorded their conversation and sent it to someone. Why? Uh, How? So Amazon have responded and they've said they've, they've analysed it because they have all the data they can analyse these things and they reckon it heard its wake word, so it heard it's either the A word or the E word or the C word, either um, her name or Echo or the other one is computer. Um, it woke up. Uh, it then heard a bit of background noise that it thought was record a message um, so it started doing that and it recorded this message uh, and then it heard some background noise which it thought send it to Anna contact name which it duly did so I'm, I'm just surprised that this is the first report we've I, had of this happening I'm not surprised that it's happened it's more of a surprise that it Hadn't had them sooner. Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. Amazon are working on a whole lot of software changes. I mean, the the, the device and its software has evolved. Um, she has got smarter. She's got uh, friendlier. And every time they find something like this, they do go and write code that fixes it and stops these things happening again. So, you know, it is one of those chances that things like that will happen. But <laughs> you've got to have it happen to find out that these things can happen to be able to fix them. Uh, other tech news, of course, it's been GDPR week, and I'm sure we're all tired of GDPR opt-in, opt-out. Here's our privacy policy emails in our mailboxes, and you've probably got some rules that automatically delete them now but, uh, in your mail client. They came into effect today, and what it means is that uh, your privacy is now protected a lot more in European law, and it's UK law as well as European law, so changing to uh, membership of EU states doesn't affect this law. Um, but... A couple of cases have now come out. Um, the first two have been against Facebook and Google. No surprise there. Uh, where uh, a an Austrian privacy activist, uh, Max Schrems, has uh, launched lawsuits against them saying that their privacy policies don't go far enough as far as defining what they do with our data. And this is very important. You might be reading these privacy policies you've been told about and going, yeah, I accept your privacy policy because I can't use your service unless I do. But do you actually know when you've accepted that, even if you've read it all, what they can do with your data? What, if, what have you actually consented to them doing with your data? And it is a bit of a challenge. And, it is, and this is why this, these lawsuits have been brought, is because they're saying 
It's all very well saying, we protect your data and we don't sell it, right? But what do you do with it? Do you massage it? Do you do some interesting statistical analysis on it to be able to work out things on ways that makes that data worth money to an organization about me? And that, that is the big concern. I follow the instructions from one leading company, who I won't name for reasons which will become apparent, and it became... It took me a while to twig this, but it became um, fairly apparent after a while that I was actually being invited to sign up for even more stuff with them. The new services. Yeah. We, need your, we need you to approve this, this, this <laughs> and this. And I suddenly realised that, hang on a minute, I've never used this at yeah. all. I'm setting up a new account. That's, that's not clever. It isn't Well, it clever. is clever, but it's not clever. It, it's clever and unfortunately it's well within the law, even the new law, to do those sort of things up until last night. <laughs> so you could use any contacts that you had had with a an individual or a bunch of individuals and sent them effectively spam saying you need to agree to opt in or we're never going to talk to you again uh, uh, which a lot of us have gone yay i never have to hear from you know uh, fred's acme plumbing supplies and drain cleaners because i've not said yes but just because you haven't opted out doesn't mean that they've actually deleted your data also, if you've opted out, it doesn't mean they've deleted your data. It is still not the right to be forgotten. That is a separate process where you have to get in touch with them and say, I'd like to know what you've got about me, and I'd like you to delete it, please. So opting out is not and a I guess if you've opted process. out of the emails, you've opted out of, the, of looking at the preferences to see what they have got on you. A little bit of a, a conundrum there, yes, yes. Some paradoxical problems that we've created with this whole thing. So oh, it's going to be, Lawrence, it's gonna be the life. fun one to watch over the next few months, weeks, years as to how the whole thing plays out. What it has done, though, is it's made everyone aware that's the man on the street and all of us who get emails more aware of our own data exposure and the policies and privacy rights that we have under law. So I think everyone is now aware that they can tell an organisation, stop bugging me, I'm not interested, and that organisation from today has to comply. So I think it's, it's helped bring awareness of marketing as being a thing that you can turn off mm. if you're a consumer. I, I'm, I'm, happy with, I'm happy with everything other than the, the vast quantity of emails that I've got as a consequence. I think those will dry up after today. Uh, they're not guaranteed to stop because it wasn't a hard cut-off. This is when you have to stop seeing... Today's date was, this is when the law starts working. Someone sends you something, you can now turn around and say, uh, please delete me, and they have to. That, that can be the last thing they'll ever send you. If you said, stop now, they can't talk to you. But anymore. I'm not convinced that... And I'm not picking on our American friends, but it would seem logical that a some US software company, which I ordered something from five five years ago, say, and has me on their list, it seemed entirely logical that they would be oblivious to GDPR. Yes, provided they don't have any European offices. If they have a European office, most, uh, international, most international companies will have offices in London, Paris, Germany, and so on. Um, if they've got an office in the EU, they have to comply with EU law for that office, and they'll be trading out of that for their interaction with you as a uh, European customer. So you are covered by law, and so are they. They can't do it. If they wrapped up all of their European operations and said, we're only in the US, then they can carry on doing what they like, unfortunately, because they're not beholden by the EU law. So that's the thing. Interestingly, the US government is starting to say, we like a lot of this stuff. A lot of this looks good. 
because the US has been notorious for having rather shoddy privacy and, and uh, compliance laws around consumer protection. And I, I think we might start to see a GDPR equivalent coming up for uh, the Americans. So it'll be interesting to see how that interesting, goes. Interesting, yeah, we'll keep, keep an eye um, on that one. I think they're, they're watching what Europe does closely and going, can this work? Because of the US's legal structure and being a, a federation of states anyway, uh, it is the United States of America. There are 50 little countries who all have their own laws. Whatever they come up with, if they bring it in as a federal uh, level, it's then countrywide. But if it comes in and it can be opted in and out of by states, then it gets difficult if suddenly, oh, well, my email came out of Minnesota and that means I can send you spam because our state opted out. You know, there's all those sort of problems they've got to deal with. But uh, at least Europe bought in as a whole, which helps a lot. So you can't go, well, I've moved my, my spam server to the Netherlands. Nope, sorry. But you could move it to Bahrain. Anyway, but you wouldn't. We'll be back after the break and look at your front door. Couldn't resist that let them in from Wings, and we're looking at electronic devices that can go on your front door. So, yeah, welcome back to the Gadget Guide, looking at your front door. So, the first thing to think about is actually the door itself. And a lot of that, unfortunately, dictates the sort of gadgets you can attach to things. So solid wood doors are a lot easier to do things that are smart with than UPVC. Oh, that's good. I've got a solid wood door. It's quite old, I think. So UPVC with multi-point locking systems are a lot more complicated to do things like change locks for fancier locks. But saying that, it is worth looking at your actual key and your lock fitting. Now, these you can upgrade on UPVC locks to a lot more secure keys. So it is worth thinking about upgrading the actual key style on your average front door um, because there are uh, a lot of new types of keys that are pick-proof, that are uh, snap-off proof and basically improves the security of your front door for a very little cost in terms of improving your house security. So things like that, look at the actual door itself, look at your locking system, and there are plenty of organizations and and, uh, companies that can help you with that. But you want to be looking at things that have got anti-snap, anti-bump, anti-drill, anti-pick, anti-plug pull, and also some fancy kite marks to tell you that, you know, this is an upgraded lock and it is a lot better. So there's plenty of standards to look at. But then talking about the security around the door, so If you've got a standard uh, solid wooden door, you can do things like put in smart locks. So instead of having a key, you can have something electronic. You see, I like the feeling, I like the sound of that, but I'm slightly worried that somebody could stand outside my door and shout, hey Alexa, open the front door. (laughs) (laughs) How do you guard against that sort of thing? Uh, So ideally, don't let Alexa interact with your door. So a lot of these services and uh, certainly the smart speakers from Google and Amazon and Apple um, can interact with home security type systems, but you don't have to turn that on. Okay. I I personally wouldn't turn on uh, interaction between things like my doorbell and my door lock and Amazon Alexa. Uh, Sorry to everyone who's got one who we have just woken up. Um, What you might want to start with is simpler things. So we've all got probably a doorbell. And we're all used to a mundane push button which goes ding dong, as you heard at the start of that track, and you go to the door. But let's make that doorbell smart. So there's two contenders. One of them you can actually buy today. One of them that's going to be available pretty soon in the UK. not, not many other organizations have got products out on the market yet, but the first one is a company called Ring. 
So if you go to ring.com, you can read all about it, and they've got UK stores, and they start from about £90. What the Ring doorbell gives you is a button with a camera on it. Okay, so you can now start to think where this is going. You have an app on your phone. Someone turns up at your door. Your doorbell has a Wi-Fi connection to your home Wi-Fi. Someone pushes the doorbell. You get a ding-dong on your phone, and you can then look at the video from the camera on the doorbell and see who's at your door. And it's powered by a regular battery, or does the video element require that it's now tied into the mains in some way? So depending on the system, some of them require mains feed, some of them require battery. There's a whole lot of options uh, available, including adding additional cameras around your front door. So depending on your property, you might be able to put another camera so you can see that someone's approaching from the side. So this is, a good, this is an alternative, really, to the good old-fashioned spy hole that This uh, is a digital have. spy hole. Yeah, yeah. Exactly that. So they start to give you that av- uh, advantage, and you can, with some of the more advanced ones, talk back to the person. So, for example, if it's, um, you know, Joe's Delivery Service dropping off your parcel from, uh, you know, bigemporium.com, um, you could say, uh, you know, uh, hi, Joe, uh, just leave it on the front mat. That's fine. Or, uh, you know, can't come to the door right now. Can you leave it with next door? And you can interact with your caller. So, yeah, the battery-powered ones start at £90. The next generation... So ones, if I could do that, say, for the sake of argument, there's somebody at my front door and I'm here, mm-hmm. I can say, oh, give it to Pam next door. Yeah basically, and interact with the person at your front door in real time. So that's quite cool stuff. And they, they go up to the top of the range ones, which suddenly get into hundreds of pounds. Um, the other interesting contender is the Nest company. And we've talked about Nest with the smart thermostats before. Nest have had cameras for a while, so you could have a security camera that integrates with your Nest system. They've had the smoke detectors, which are great and work with your thermostat. What Nest have now got coming is the Nest Hello, which will be their smart doorbell which will do the same sort of thing. So it'll give you HD video of your caller, personal alerts, uh, let you talk back to that person, let them listen to you. Um, But smarter things can start to happen when you then start to integrate Yale's latest product, which is their digital lock, which works with Nest. Now what can happen is you can walk towards your front door and you've got your app on your phone, you hit unlock, walk straight up to your door, open your door, which you've unlocked with your app on your phone, the fact that your house now knows you're arriving back, it can adjust your heating, turn on lights, make you feel at home, all of those sort of things. So we're uh, starting what, 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 to get to end-to-end. <laughs> end. One of my worries about this is that you put on one of these fancy smart locks onto your house and it creates the impression that you've got more valuable things than you actually have. In fact, in my house, possibly the most valuable thing might actually might be, the, be, be the doorbell. The front doorbell, <laughs> yes. There, there is that risk. There is that risk. But I think we're, we're going to start to see that it's going to go that sort of way fairly quickly and prices are going to drop of these sort of devices and they will become commonplace. You know, mobile phones, when they first came out, oh, well, you must have lots of money because you've got a mobile phone when they came out, you know, 30 years ago. Now everyone's got one. And they're still a lot of money. And they are still a lot of money, but it doesn't mean that you have a lot of money in the bank, does it? Uh, it doesn't, no. Um, I think what <laughs> we'll have sure. to do is, is on a future show look at CCTV and uh, general security around that and also the requirements around how you do uh, CCTV at home in terms of data protection and GDPR. Oh, my goodness. Look, if, if, there's, if there's somebody trying to break in and steal something, I'm not worried about his GDPR malarkey. That's a... <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, yeah, it's, it's mainly you've got to register as a an information collector if you are able to film footage of the outside of your house where people might pass by. So even if you've got one of these Nest things? Right. Now, the advantage of the doorbells is it's not doing video until someone pushes the button. Oh, okay. So it's effectively video on demand. 
uh, push button, video turns on, you can see the person. That's a disclaimer notice at the bottom of the door. You know, <laughs> I think people are getting used to what a camera lens looks like, so I think that is helping that, you know, that people are going to see that it's got a little little eye looking at it above the button. Um, but yes, like I said, the, the, the entry-level ones are battery-powered and then go up to the more advanced ones and so on, uh, which are hardwired.